ever been listening to your favorite podcast and think, hey, I want to start my own? Then you need Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, everyone's favorite word, free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hi guys, before we start this episode, I do just want to inform you guys that I am sick and I'm very lazily, so I'm sorry for how I sound, but I still wanted to put out an episode this week, so let's get into it. Savant Black is a protector. More logic than emotion. He places emphasis to on his present reality above all. When his sister suggests he speak with a life coach, Savant doesn't believe she will be capable of opening his eyes and mind to any life-altering revelations. However, the longer he works with Addison, the more Savant realizes his need to feel so little excuse me, comes from desiring so much. Addison Gray takes pleasure in helping other people rewrite their life stories because she was forced to rewrite her own. When one of her most difficult yet rewarding clients recommends her services to Savant Black, Addison isn't prepared for the attraction she feels towards him. No matter how hard they try to remain professional, things eventually turn personal, especially when a problem from Addison's past pumbles into her present. When secrets are exposed and plans of betrayal unfold, Savant commits to protecting Addison's body while she protects his heart. For a man like Savant, loyalty and honesty are everything. Will the lies that Addison built her new life on ruin their relationship before it fully begins? Or will she be the reason he learns to prioritize love over logic and everything else? So guys, like I said, I'm sick. So if you hear uh, some rustling going on, I'm literally laying in my bed as I'm recording this. But the book for today is Under His Protection, Saved by a Black Mafia OG. This is Savant's story. Who He's the oldest brother out of the gang. And this is part four of a seven-part series. At one point, it was just five, but then she added on two more books. Oh, I'm so sorry. So, when you first open the book, it says Savant's story is more romance than urban mafia business. So, that made me excited because although I enjoyed the last three books, it did focus more so, like, on the mafia and all the things that they're, like, dealing with it and I kind of want to get more into the people if that makes sense because earlier books from Be Love have been more about the romance so I was like uh, I kind of want to get back into that but you know in the words of a great rapper you like my old shit buy my old album so I'm rocking with the new stuff as well so we start off with Addison who from Dijon and Naive's story, she was Naive's life coach. Excuse me. She has two daughters who she has no contact with. She left them 
left them and her ex-husband when they were young. She has to make a fake Facebook page now just to see one of her daughters, Taylor, who's turning 18 soon. So she gets a call from Dijon, who tells her that Savant agreed to meet with her. And when they meet, Savant is very vulgar, uh, telling Addison, you know, he thinks she's beautiful. He wants to have sex with her and not have her be his life coach. So she tells him basically, like, I guess, thanks for meeting me and we're just going to cut this off here because why would you agree to meet with me if you weren't going to take this seriously? And basically he did it just for Dijon because that's his baby sister and he loves her and gives her whatever she wants. So Addison sends a message to Taylor on Facebook who, you know, calls her through Facebook and Addison is explaining who she is and why, uh, well, she didn't exactly explain, explain completely why she hasn't been in her life, but Taylor for a second, like, isn't even believing that Addison is actually her mother. Um, and then she goes on to tell her, you know, even if you are my mother, you need to stay wherever the hell you've been because, you know, like, where have you been? But she just tells her, you know, if you ever want to talk, I'm here and I'm willing to explain any and everything to you now. Which it's like, it's so heartbreaking because it's just like for any mother who wants to be in their child's life to have to leave them. And I could already guess like what it was what was going on it was like a domestic violence situation and she got herself away from it without it actually being said but kids don't know that kids really don't even care about that to be honest it's just like you left me like why did you leave me and you know she didn't even want to leave her kids she just she did what she thought was best so Savat facetimes Dijon you know, to talk to her, and he sees April, who is their mother, their mother together, in the background, and basically tells Dijon, you know, I'll call you back when she's not around, because first he asked her if she had some headphones, and she says no, so he's like, you know, okay, I'll talk to you later, so, and his thing about April is, she always degraded him as a child, and This is a passage from the book. The woman that was supposed to teach him about love, about how to love, had taught him how to hate himself, how to question the importance of family, how to expect women to devalue and disrespect him, use him and reject him when he didn't do what they wanted. It didn't matter how many times April apologized and said said she's a changed woman to Dijon those feelings and memories wouldn't fade away. So because their father, who was on the run even at this point, went on and got other women pregnant and basically like left April on her own because their father did that to her. She took it out on Savat. And you know, 
even when he got in the mafia even more, that made her hate him even more. So it's like, not only did you abuse him as a child, then you, you're going on to abuse him as an adult. And, you know, he's not putting up with it. Dijon May, and he keeps telling her, like, you don't have to be around her because you see she's not a changed person. But uh, I believe you said it was Dijon and Assad, like, they have the biggest heart out of the four of them and want to see the good in both of their mothers so you know they work with them quote unquote while Savant and Hassan basically ain't paying the two women no attention and so Dijon like she tries to get him to see that he needs to get somebody to talk to to discuss those issues with, because it's, and I, I kind of didn't like how she said it, because she was like, don't you see that that is the reason why you basically said, I'm wrong in how I'm saying it, but I get, like, what she meant and he meant, because she's basically saying, like, you still holding on to those feelings, and basically you need to just let it go, and don't you feel like you need to talk to somebody about this, but it's like, what, why do I have to do that? She, as my mother, is still, like, saying hurtful things to me. And every time she sees me, she acts like she doesn't want me around. But I have to be the one to go talk to somebody about this. So, basically, and this is one thing I cannot stand about, like, certain kids. Like, when it comes to children and parents. Basically, the parents get to be set in their ways and the children just have to accept it for what it is and, you know, basically don't say anything about it. Because it's like, no, she abused me and even still to this day, because what, when she got sick, he went to go check on her. And instead of her being grateful that he even showed up to check on her to see how she's doing, as soon as she sees him, what is he doing here? I don't want him here. And, like, says some off-the-wall shit. So, it's just, like, why do I have to be the one to be the better person? No, fuck her. But, like I said, once again, because uh, he loves Dijon and that's his baby sister, he agrees to it. And what did she say? She said, I know you'll never respect her because you'll never understand why she did what she did to us. And it's like, you're right, I will never understand, because everybody isn't perfect, and they don't have to be, but you still have to realize, like, as a child, you were the one who decided to have children, so because you had a son with this man, and this man did you wrong, you turned around and took it out on your child, I don't have to understand that, you don't even apologize for that. And even when Dijon says she does apologize, she apologizes to Dijon. She never gave Savant those apologies. So it's like, what? Why is this being put off on me? But anyway, uh, Savant gets a face, like a Zoom call from a woman who is asking the mafia for help. And. Uh, he wants to know why they have to meet on Zoom and why they couldn't meet in person. So this woman says she can't come back to Memphis. Well, that's what she's been told. So he tells her, you know, start from the beginning. Uh, 
why are you in danger? You know, what's going on? So she says she's not sure what's going on anymore. But 10 years ago, she was shot, raped, and left for dead. Her sons were killed and she thought her husband was going to be killed too. Her father convinced her to leave the country for her family's safety while he fixed everything. He's been saying he will let me come back home when it's safe to do so, but it's been 10 years and she doesn't think like that will ever be the case. I think my father is hiding something from me and I don't believe I can trust him anymore. He told me that my husband was arrested for murdering who did this to us but that he was out now. I've been trying to come back home for a little over a year and he won't let me. I wanted to know if the Black Mayhem Mafia could offer me some type of protection if I came back to see what was going on for myself. If not, could you please look into this for me? At the least, give my husband a message for me. Excuse me. I don't want him to think I haven't tried to come back to him. Essentially, I've been held here by my father, and I don't know what to do. So, Mayhem asked her, you know, your husband doesn't know that you're alive. Or does he know that you're alive? And she says that he should. Her father never told her otherwise. And it's like, he can tell who she is, but it's just like, it's killing him to even act. And I was like, as soon as she gave all that information, I knew who she was too. And this is Naeem's wife, who he thought was dead, or who he was told was dead. And so he tells her, because when she tells, she's like, my father's name is Cordell, uh, what is this? Faulkner and my husband is Naeem Cassidy. I'm Destiny Cassidy. Do you know either one of them? And he tells her, you know, you're supposed to be dead. And everybody in Memphis believes that she's dead. So he's going to be sending her or sending someone to her to, you know, get her DNA and confirm her identity. And once that's confirmed, they will go from there. So he... Uh, first he talks about it with Addison and then he goes to see uh, Dijon because it's just like I don't want my sister to be blindsided by this but he's not going to tell Naeem until it's confirmed and you know when he goes to let Dijon know he also keeps it real with her like you know if she's alive, you know there's a chance that he will want to be with her, right? And she nods and says, yes, he's allowed that. If that's what he wants, I will let him go freely. I know this sounds foolish, but that was 10 years ago. They aren't the same people anymore. I think what we're building means a lot. And she, uh, which I get, because it's just like, if somebody for which I don't get why this is a recurring theme in novels. It's like people who are supposed to be dead coming back from the dead. How do you expect to just go back into what that life was? Like basically they have held themselves in a time 
uh, capsule, excuse me, and think when they pop back up, things are just going to go back to how they used to be. It doesn't work like that anymore. Y'all not the same people. These people have thought that you were dead. So they have obviously moved on with their lives and you don't just get to come back and jump back in your spot, basically. But Dijon knows how much Naeem loved his wife and loved his family because the nigga went on a killing spree. So obviously he loves them a lot. So she stands up and says, the fuck am I saying? Of course he's going to want to be with her. And Savant has to soothe his baby sister and says he'd be a damn fool to let you go for anyone. But if he does, you know that I will be here for you. I got you always. And it's like, I love family members for that, but it's, it's like, this not the same. This is a romantic relationship. You, we're family. So yeah, you'll be there for me and pick me up, but you are not my romantic partner. It's not the same. So Savant agrees to really work with Addison this time. And he signs on with her for a year. So they sign a contract together for a year. And he even pays double to have 24 access to her. So he receives a call from Colt, their father, who wants to, he just calls to reiterate his threat of if they don't find a way for him to legally come home, he's coming illegally. And they're like, you know, because Assad and Savant have said this before, like, you know, if you step foot over here, like, not only is law enforcement looking for you, but you got enemies over here. So you keep threatening us saying you just going to come back like everything all good. Yeah, come through and get your head blown off. And they have already said more than once, like, if they have to take this nigga out, they are going to take him out. So you threatening to make your way back over here, you basically, like, create your own suicide. Basically saying you want to die because they, like I said, they've already said they will take his ass out. And I don't blame him because it's like, nigga, you ain't causing nothing but drama anyway. So, yeah, come back over here and get your head blown off if that's what you want to do. Because you've been laying low for how many years? Talking about you ready to come home. Nobody give a fuck what you ready to do. So, Savant goes to see Naive and he poses like a hypothetical question to him and says, if there was a way for you to go back to your old life, to have your wife and Faulkner's blessing and protection. If everything from the past 10 years could be erased, would you go back? And I didn't like the way he posed that question. Because it's like, if none of those things ever happened, would you go back to your regular life? And it's like, yeah, that's a no-brainer. The way he should have asked it is... If you knew that your wife was still alive after all this time, would you go back to her? But because he posed the question the way he did, Naeem says, if you would have asked me that before I met Dijon, I would have said yes with no hesitation. And now? Now... I don't want anything that doesn't include her, which, of course, like I said, it's been 10 years. He's finally ready to move on. He has moved on and he's in love with their sister. It's like, 
who I was then doesn't align with who I am now, what I just said. I prefer this version of myself. Even if I could somehow go back and start over with Destiny again, I can't say that I would. I love her in a way that I'll never love again, but that time has passed. I was too attached to her, and it took too much to pull me out of that darkness. Which is another thing. It's like all that hurt and pain and trauma that he went through when he found out that his wife was dead and that his sons were killed. He just got, well, not just, but it's just like the loveless and the pain that he was going through all that time. He has moved past that now. So I don't, seeing her and being back with her would just like, trudge all that stuff up so I wouldn't want to be with that either so and he says Dijon is my present and my future she's that healthy grown-up love I need I would do anything to have my sons though now that I can't deny I feel like destiny was the setup I needed for Dijon she taught me how to love and give Dijon what she needs I don't want to give another man that opportunity. She belongs with me. So Savant is satisfied with that answer and says, okay, I guess you're really in the family now. And Laie said, what you thought this was? I ain't going no fucking way. Like, that's my woman. And so while working together... Addison, like, one of the things she tells Savant he needs to do is to learn how to put himself first. Because as the big brother and him going to jail for Hassan, he's always about family and being their protector. And his role in the mafia is the godfather, like the OG. And she tells him, like, you have never stopped to put yourself first. And that's something you need to work on. And so, there is very sexual, like, between Addison and Savant, and while she's trying to work with him, he got her, like, pressed up against the wall, like, kissing on her, and she's like, you know, this is very unprofessional, and he tells her after their session that day, she's fired, and to find him another, well, specifically a male life coach, because... He wants her and he wants to be with her. So if their professional relationship can't work, find him somebody else, but he's going to have her. Excuse me. And she tells him, you can't fire me. I'm the best life coach in the South. He said, I'm not denying that at all, but I would much rather have you as my woman. So, you know, they're starting to date, getting to know each other. And it's great, wonderful, whatever. So. He takes her to a hotel because he's treating her to, like, a concert of her favorite artist. Uh, what's that man's name? Kim. Uh, but anyway, there's a piano in the room and, you know, like, she's touching the keys. And he asks her, you know, do you play? And she says she used to. So when he asks why she stopped... She tells him that uh, she used to be married and her husband was abusive. 
They divorced a little over eight years ago. And, you know, he was possessive. He was a bully. Like I said, he was abusive. And he cheated on her first. But then when he found out she cheated, that's when he began to abuse her. He would beat her every time he found out she was playing the piano. So, you know, she wasn't playing at home anymore. But, uh... She would play in churches and the music stores, and every time he found out, he would take a ruler to her knuckles and, like, hit them until they were red and swollen. So she hasn't played the piano in nine years. So, of course, when Savant hears that, he says, you know, like, what's the nigga's name? Where can I find him? Because... It's a wrap for her. She's like, no, you know, don't worry about it. I'm just letting you in on my past to let you know some things about me, but don't worry about it. Oh, excuse me. So, but you know, Savant ain't listening. He's like, I'm going to find that nigga and whoop his ass. So, oh, excuse me. But the one thing about her ex-husband is he's a dirty cop. And he's in a family of dirty cops. So that's another thing like going against her when it comes to him. So Addison sent Taylor a gift for her 18th birthday. And, you know, she's been at her office all day waiting to hear from her, to see if she's going to call, to tell her that she likes it. You know, just hoping for some sort of response from her. But when she sees, like, Taylor should have been saying something by now if she wasn't going to like she kind of loses hope but Taylor calls her while she's in the car with her dad saying you know I love the gift everybody was hating on me and uh you know thank you so much and then but while they're on the phone her dad asks you know like who are you talking to and Addison was like, I thought I told you don't tell him that I've been trying to contact you. So her dad snatches the phone from her. And when he hears her voice, he asks her, you know, like, have you lost your fucking mind? But then she hangs up and like quickly leaves her job and goes home. Oh, excuse me. And while she's waiting for Savat to show up, she opens the door, you know, thinking it's him, but it's really uh her ex-husband. And it's just like, girl, if the man is as crazy as you have been describing him to be, why would you think after he heard your voice, he wouldn't show up? And she tells him, I've taken some defense classes, so I will fight you back now. And he says, uh... She asks him, how did you find me? He says, I've always known where you've been. But as long as you stayed away, we were cool. But now that you decided to reach out uh, to my daughters, you know, now it's a problem. And I don't get it. It's like, then he leaves and Savant shows up and she doesn't say anything about it. It's like, why would you not tell him about this like she knows Naeem's life and what he did and she knows about the mafia so she knows what they do it's like why don't you trust him enough to 
let him help you. Like, you've let him basically into your heart and into your body, but you won't let him do what he's basically good, great at even, which is protecting people. Like, and she knows how Savant feels about parents who abandon their children. So she hasn't told him that she even has kids because she feels like as soon as she tells him that she has two kids, but she hasn't seen them in over eight years, he's not going to want to be with her anymore. But it's like, sweetheart, what he grew up in and his situation and what you had to do are literally not the same thing. So you kind of like counted him out without even giving him a chance. So three days later, Savant like hasn't seen her. So he tells her, I'm about to pull up on you because I'm tired of this. And she sends him the location to a hotel. So, of course, he pulls up, like, what is going on here? Like, why are you at this hotel? And she tells him that her past has caught up with her at this point. So, you know, she's just trying to lay low. So, like I said, of course, he goes into protective mode, like, pack your shit, you come to my house, and I'm gonna put some guards on you, and, you know, like, so whatever this is that you will not tell me about, I'll at least feel better knowing that if I had a chance to protect you, I did. Oh, excuse me. So she meets with Taylor face-to-face so they can have this conversation of why she left. Like, the ex-husband got remarried so they have like a stepmom who's been in their life all this time who the younger daughter I forgot her name I think it's it started with a J um who she sees that woman as her mother but Taylor remembers like she remembers some of the arguments and she even knows for a fact that he abuses the stepmom now so she believes Addison's story about him being abusive and how he threatened to kill her if she didn't stay away well I take that back that's the part she like kind of doesn't believe because she's like if all he wanted you to do is stay away why would he then try to kill you So she's like, you know, I know it doesn't make sense, but I'm telling you, I feared for my life and I just had to get away. And so Taylor lets her know that her ex-husband took out a restraining order against her and, you know, probably had it delivered to her, her house. And Addison knew, probably knew that was coming. That's why she hasn't been home. So it's just like, whatever he's trying to do, I'm not even at my house to receive it. So she takes Addison home and like parks maybe down the street from the house and tells her, you know, when you go back in the house, you know, just pretend everything is cool. You almost graduated and, you know, you'll be out of the house free and clear. Like, don't do that. Don't do nothing crazy. But Addison tells her, you just dropped this whole bomb in my lap. And I know for a fact how grimy this nigga is. So you want me to try to play like it's cool? And she's like, yes, because I still want to fight for legal custody of your sister. So just play it cool. And uh, when she gets home, was it, did she get home? Yeah, when she got home, sorry. Uh she sees a restraining order 
in her mailbox. So, you know, like she has the restraining order that he has against her. And so now it's time for her. Oh, my bad. And another thing. So cops come to Savant's uh, restaurant. That's where it was. My bad. I'm in, I'm in order. I got it together. Uh, to his restaurant with a warrant looking for Addison. So he calls her and they have the conversation. She comes to his house. That's what it was. Boom, bow. My bad. She didn't get the restraining order yet. She was staying at his house with him. So uh, he calls her and they meet up at his house. So she finally has to lay everything out on the line. But unfortunately, when she is done with her story, he is upset about the fact that she has two kids and basically, quote unquote, abandoned them. So although he's going to help her with the ex-husband and the whole situation, they can no longer be romantically involved because he doesn't trust her. And I think it's more so of her withholding the information and not so much about her abandoning her kids because even though he says that it doesn't really make sense because it's like you can't apply your situation to her situation it's more so that she kept it from you even when you asked her what was wrong I think that was the real situation so after they get it all settled like uh Andy shows up to her house with a gun basically saying, you know, didn't I tell you to stay away from my kids? And she tells him, like, you know, I told Taylor the truth about how you killed uh, your wife before me and your girlfriend before me, and nobody ever found a body. So, you know, she knows the truth already. And when he was going to attack uh, Addison, he actually had her in a chokehold. Savat shot him. And at first, you know, Addison tries to send him on his way, like, you know, get out of here. I'll take the charge. Don't worry about it. And he like, man, you must be out your motherfucking mind if you think that I'm going to let you take a charge from me. Because that's just the type of man he is. Like, girl, please, I will go back to jail before I ever let that happen. And so, uh, excuse me. So she tells him, you know, okay, fine, cool, whatever. So when it's all said and done, it's looked at as self-defense, and she gets custody, well, no, she lets the daughter stay with the stepmother, which when they have a conversation, you know, it's a mutual understanding, because the stepmother, she's a nice woman, and she says, you know, thank you, because at some point, I thought I was either going to have to kill him or he was gonna kill me and I appreciate you letting me still be a part of their lives and Addison was real she said I would be a fool to try to take them away from you when you've been here like I'm not trying to come in and just step in like I'm their mother whoop de whoop 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 I just want to have a relationship with them period so the fact that I think it's Joelle I think her name is Joelle uh if she knows you as her mother and wants to stay with you, that's fine. All I'm asking for is just like a, a open door. And she agrees to that. And so it's time for 
Vanna and Hassan's baby shower, and they're naming the baby Hannah. I thought that was cute, you know, a combination of their names. Because uh, Dijon had told uh, Addison to show up in white, like all white, because that's Savant's favorite color on her. So when she shows up to the baby shower, they have a conversation of, you know, I love you, and we have to have open communication. There has to be trust and respect going on, whoop-de-whoop, whatever, whatever. So as soon as she tells Savant that she loves him, this fool takes her upstairs during the baby shower, and they have sex. But she's like, okay, we got to get back downstairs. He said, man, you just told me you love me. Fuck them niggas. They can entertain them they damn self. So, you know, all is right with the world. So in the end, because uh, Taylor wanted to go to college out of state, but she decided to stay close so she could have a relationship with Addison. And, you know, the younger sister, she's still not coming around. She just wants to stay with the stepmom. Uh, what was that? But Savant invited Taylor over, like, you know, if you want to come over and y'all spend some time together, I'm perfectly fine with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Uh, but he then gets the DNA results from uh, the woman who is believed to be Destiny. And, you know, he's hoping and praying that she's not who she says she is. But it actually is destiny. So he has to go to Naeem to tell him that his dead wife is not so dead after all. And that's where this story leaves off. And the next book, I believe, is called A Father's Objection. We get to see who Naeem chooses. Does he choose Dijon or does he go back to his old life with destiny? Alrighty, and I hope you guys enjoyed this nasally. I probably sound awful, but I wanted to do this uh, so bad because I've been doing good with uh, my weekly uploads and things. So I hope you guys liked it. Peace and blessings.